You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm kind of shaken by everything that has happened this morning. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Jesus. Um, so I'm actually going to flip my sermon. I had something planned, but it's going to change. The, earlier this week, um, my mom didn't know what I was talking about. If any of you know me, I love my mom. I talk to her about just about every day. She lives in Houston, Texas. Um, that's where I grew up. So she calls me earlier this week, and she's like, I got some notes for you. She's like talking, and she's got this piece of paper, and she's like, I wrote some notes for you. And I'm like, what do you mean you wrote some notes for me? Like, um, She's like, I just, I just wrote some notes down for you. And I was like, okay, what are your notes? And she's like, do you know, do you know, um, I got to scroll all the way down because this was what I was going to end with, but I feel like God's already moving today, so I don't need to say a lot of things. She goes, do you know what happens when God's people come together in unity and worship? Like, do you know? And I was like, what, Mom? What happens? <laughs> and she was like, the spirit moves in power. And I was like, yes, Mom. And then I'm like freaking out because she doesn't know that for weeks now I've been on this thing about like unity in the body and like unity in the church. And as my, like in my role here at church, I've kind of been working on different like ways to connect the body and different leaders in this city and in this church. And I'm just like, yeah. And then she goes, you know what, you know what, you know what Jesus has done? And I said, what mom? She goes, so the cross separates us from the world. Like we become holy and we come into his people, but but, but then what happens is the baptism of the Holy Spirit unites us. And she's like, and then you remember what happened in Acts? And I'm like, what happened in Acts, Mom? And she's like, the people went out with fire in their bellies and the gospel spread throughout, like, forever. And so I just have a sense today that the Lord has planned today. Um, and when y'all were singing, like, come on home, when y'all were singing, like, all these songs, I'm just like, God's already doing it, like, we just, we're just here. We're just already here. So um, we're just going to read a couple of scriptures, um, and then I'll let y'all go on, go, go on to the city with fire in your bellies and spread the message of Jesus that we've been singing about and, and take a sock with you while you're at it. Because like Andrea said, she's like, it's just, that's just like a little sneaky God way to get in there. Um, all right, so we're going to read out of Ephesians. I believe it's up there, but if you have your Bible, you can open it to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Yes. Is it up there? Yeah. Okay, it says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all, here we go, humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith. One baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that your word is living and active. It says it's sharper than any double-edged sword. So, Father, we ask that you would speak to our hearts. Thank you that you're already doing it. We love you, Jesus. Amen. 
All right, so when I was like eight years old, um, just taking my time. When I was like eight years old, I had these two friends. Um, and you know how like in your life you can have friends like in one circle that, that they just like never see each other? So you have like maybe your school friends and then you have maybe like your church friends and then they kind of never mix. Um, I, had, I had these two friends like that. I had a, a friend that, and both of them they didn't go to the same school or anything. So I had these two friends. And every time I would meet with one friend, in my eight-year-old mind, I thought it'd be a good idea to say something not good about my other friend when the other friend would ask me about that friend, okay? So they'd be like, oh, so how so-and-so? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Like, she totally wouldn't like the Babysitter's Club books that you're reading. Like, she probably doesn't like those. And then I'd go to my other friend's house, and then we'd be hanging out, and they're like, oh, yeah, don't you hang out with so-and-so? I kind of heard about them or something. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 but she's, I don't know, she's not very fun. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't really like her. And I don't know what was going on, to be honest with you, I have no idea what was going on through my eight-year-old mind that I thought somehow it was a good idea. Like maybe I was just like scared that I would lose them. And yeah, like I don't even know. Um, so then the day happened where somebody that wasn't our family had a party and both of those families came to that party. And I'm freaking out. Like I'm like, what's going to happen? They're going to see each other. I've kind of said all these things. I don't know what I'm going to do. They come and they see each other. Everything gets found out. Turns out they have all these things in common. And they're like, well, what, what happened? Like, what happened? And so I had to end up, like, confessing everything to them. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I was just saying things. And to be honest, to this day, I have no idea why I did that. Like, it was just somehow in my eight-year-old mind, it was something I had to do. I don't know. Um, and so I confessed all these things and all came out. And the only one who ended up losing was me. They ended up becoming friends, actually, and hanging out. And I just, I just felt like, shoot, like, it was just the worst. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, thank you. Thank you for feeling my pain. Yeah, it was just weird. It was very weird. Anyway, so maybe you haven't done that in your life ever. But as someone who is actually, like, fiercely independent, like, I rarely think that I need anybody in my life. Um, and especially like in this day and age, I feel like we are living in a culture where it's so easy to just like not deal. It's so easy to just be like, oh, like if that person doesn't do things the way I like them, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna engage. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna engage. I'm not gonna fight for our love or our unity. And I was thinking about this with a friend and I was joking about it. And I said, sometimes we just like focus on the negative things. And all that does is breed like um, disunity and jealousy and contention in our life. And I said to a friend earlier this week, yeah, like sometimes if I just focus on what's going negative in my life, I could be living in a castle. I could be living in this beautiful castle, but if I'm focusing on all the things that are wrong and all the things that I dislike, I'm like, I'm living in a golden castle cage like nothing is working you could just like if you focus on those things it's just like nope it doesn't work so maybe that's true in our culture this day I feel like we're living in a culture where it's so easy to just dismiss things and like block people out or or you know not deal with issues so here's what what I felt the Lord calling me to this week that gospel culture, as we've been talking about with Caleb, maintains unity. Um, gospel culture maintains unity. And the Bible actually says that we should be eager to do this. Um, 
And like we read in verse in chapter four, we're going to read that again because the apostle Paul actually says that like, he's like, I urge you to walk in this manner. I urge you to actually try and maintain unity, to not focus on the things that, that divide us, to not focus on the things that are negative. Um, but I urge you to do this. And so how do we do this? We're going to kind of go through this little list that he made, um, and see how we can walk this out. Um, so we're going to look at verse three again, sorry, verse two. And it says this, it says, with all humility, with gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. And I was thinking about that word bearing. And I was like, bearing, like that implies like there's going to be some like, that's going to be hard. Like it's not going to be necessarily super easy. It Im- implies that there's going to be difficulty, but we bear with one another in love for the sake of displaying a gospel culture of unity in our body. So I was born in Guatemala, and so I've gone to experience, like, lots of different expressions in the body and in the church. Um, So when I was about four or five years old, I went to my grandma's church, and it was, like, this church in a little small town. And it was actually a church that still, some of the women chose to wear, like, a little veil. Like, it wasn't, like, a big deal or anything. Some of them just, they just clip on a little thing, and then they'd go in. Um, And anyways, I just, just so you know what kind of church it was. Um. So I remember going in and like when I was like four or five years old, this church was on fire for the Lord. It was in this little town. People are worshiping. People are praying. And it was a church where for the first time in my life, I encountered somebody being like delivered from a demonic possession. Like as a four or five year old, I was like, what is happening? And I remember seeing this woman come into the church one way, acting all weird. And, and somebody in the middle of the service is like, oh, we have to deal with that. They go. They're like, in the name of Jesus, like, be free. Cast this thing out. The lady, her countenance changed. Her face changed. And she went, like, she left different. She left different. And, and I, like, as far as I remember, like, every time we'd come visit, that lady was different. Like, the Lord healed her body, and she was different. And every time we'd come, she'd be there at church, completely changed. So this is kind of the atmosphere that I grew up in. And then later in life, we moved to Texas, and I was able to be part of this really huge Baptist church. Actually, I think at the time it was like the second largest church in the country or something. And um, I used to babysit for their main pastor. And I remember my, as I spent my time there at that church, I remember kind of being like, well, I'm not seeing any of the stuff that I grew up seeing. Like, it's not happening from the pulpit. It's not happening, you know, like when we get together in our worship sets. And I'm like, I'm just going to ask him. I'm just going to ask him one day. I was over at his house, and I was like, Dr. Young, like, what about this? Like, what about, what about the one time that I walked off into the woods and, like, I started speaking in tongues, and I wasn't, like, nobody was there. Nobody laid hands on me. Nobody told me what to say. Like, what do I do with that? And so he looks at me and he's like, Kelly, most of our Bible teachers are closet tongue speakers. And then he smiles and walks away. And I loved it. It was just the best thing. But (laughs) I tell you this because in the first church, in the first church that I attended when I was little, I learned that there is a real spiritual realm. Like I saw it. I learned that there is a battle going on for our souls. I learned that I had authority and power through the name of Jesus, um, it prepared me, honestly, it prepared me, because I, I won't forget that. It prepared me to grow up confidently, knowing that, man, I have Jesus with me, and I have the power of Christ in me. Um, and you know what? My time at that Baptist church, 
I learned to acknowledge, like I learned the beauty actually, the beauty and discipline of the scriptures, of like digging into the word and the importance of the word and the spirit. And I learned that anywhere where you pursue God's scriptures and his word, like with a passion in your heart, the spirit can't help but show up. Caleb said something last week that really like struck me and I, and I think I've heard it somewhere else as well. And he said, unity does not equal uniformity. So each of those places, they weren't perfect But they did carry an expression that was necessary for the body and actually ultimately for my discipleship and my kind of upbringing and formation as a Christian. And I tell you these stories and I'm asking you and I'm feeling the call of the Lord in this season in my life and in our body to maintain unity. And I don't mean that for the sake of unity we forsake truth or we forsake the centrality of the scriptures. You know, we, it's very clear, like Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I had an interesting encounter this week as I was getting ready for today. I was at a coffee shop, literally like reading this, this uh, scripture about like unity. And this man comes up to me and he's like, oh, that's an interesting book you got there. And, and I was like, oh yeah, it's my Bible. Like, and anyways, we get to talking and, and it, he used to be this old well, he, he was an older gentleman, but he used to be a pastor back east and, and ended up that now he is like the president of something called the Canadian Faith Alliance or something like that, where they bring all faiths together. And it was just kind of like, I, I, don't, I don't really agree where he ended up in his theology and in his beliefs, but I thought it was really interesting that that can be a ditch that you go into that for the sake of unity, you kind of just like forsake all, all kind of, you know, things that have been laid out in scripture. So Hear me out. I'm, I'm not saying that. We don't forget. Um, somebody spoke it. I think Andrea was mentioning it. We rally around the fact that we have been saved by grace through faith. Yeah? The fact that we have been called. It's not, it says that it is a gift of God. Not something that we did. That's something that we muster up. But it is by grace through faith. We can rally around those things together. And as I was thinking about that in Paul's call to unity, I realized that, let's read it. I'm just going to read it. Let's read um, verse verse 3 here. Verse 1, sorry. It says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Eager to ma- and then verse 3, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, back in chapter 2 of Ephesians, in ch- chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we should walk in them. So hear me out, like, hopefully you can follow me on this. So we are called to walk in a manner worthy, right, of the calling which God has for us. But actually back here, when Christ died for us, he had already prepared those works for us. So it's not that we're walking around kind of lost, thinking, what's that calling? What am I going to do with that? How am I going to walk in a manner worthy of the way that God has called me? He actually has already prepared that. Like, he did that on the cross. He planned for it. So all of those opportunities, like we read, in verse 2, like to walk in humility, God has actually prepared lots of opportunities for me to practice humility. 
I always say this funny thing. I was like, I never have to worry about being humble because, like, at the right time, I'll just, like, trip and fall. And I'm like, the Lord is, is reminding me to be humble. Like, oh, he's already prepared in advance opportunities for you to be gentle. I have four kids. There are so many opportunities where I have to choose gentleness. And I'm sure you can think of a million things that God has set in advance for you to practice patience. He's prepared in advance for you opportunities for you to bear with one another in love. We've all experienced that in the past few, two years, year and a half, whatever, however long, however long that's been. We have many, many opportunity to bear with one another in love. You get what I'm saying? But Jesus doesn't leave us kind of hanging there saying, do this, do it in your own strength, in your own power. He actually says, I have prepared in advance for you the works that you are to walk in. And like I was saying at the beginning, he, has, he pours out his spirit. And when his spirit comes, he empowers us to live the life that he's called us for. Amen? So the call is not to muster up enough goodness. The call is not to forsake the truth of Jesus and the gospel, the fact that he's the way, the truth, and the life, the fact that the Bible is God's like inspired divine word for us, that this is the place where we run to for wisdom, where we run to for how to live our life. The call for us is to daily surrender, right? We surrender to him and live like taking up our cross daily and allowing his Holy Spirit to work through us. And I think this is the place where we're going to begin to see gospel culture. It kind of sounds kind of simple, like just lay down your life every morning. Lay down your life every morning. Ask the Holy Spirit to come, and you're going to see gospel culture in your family. I want to see gospel culture in my family. I want to see it in my marriage, and I want to see it in this church. We're going to read from Ephesians, and I'm, and I'm, all, I'm almost done here. And if you have a Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to read this out as a call for us, as a call for our community, as a call for my life. I'm going to read it as a prayer for us. So we're going to go Ephesians 5, 1 through 4, and then we're going to skip to verse 15. All right, you ready? All right, let's do it. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk or crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. We're going to skip to uh, verse 15. Look carefully then how you should walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of the time, for, for the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery. Be filled with the Spirit. And this is my favorite part, maybe it's because I'm a worship leader, so I'm totally like uh, biased. It says, addressing one another. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always 
and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ. This is our call as a people. What we do here, like what we were doing this morning, we were singing, we were clapping, we were dancing, we were reminding one another of the goodness of the Lord, of what he has done. And in that place, like my mom reminded me of the story in Acts, when we come together and we are in unity, in the unity of the Spirit around the things that Christ has laid out for us, the Spirit comes. He comes and he makes himself known and he makes himself real and he will manifest himself in your life. And my desire for us as we go is I, I want to take some time to pray. And, and there's a, a couple specific things, and Becky already mentioned it. Number one, we want to pray if you have kind of sickness in your body, if you need healing. Like, we always want to pray for that. But in light of kind of the scriptures that I read, we also want to pray for anyone who's dealing with um, kind of like a repetitive sin. What was the word you told me? Habitual. Thank you. It slipped my mind. For anyone who's dealing with habitual sin, because we want to see you be free in Jesus' name. Gospel culture says, welcome home like we were singing this morning. Gospel culture says, I died for you even while you were in the middle of your sin. Gospel culture says that I have to like bow before the Lord every morning because I yelled at my kids in anger yesterday. Gospel culture says that I can come and surrender before Jesus. It doesn't mean that I live my life now loosey-goosey because there's enough grace, but it means that I get to enter in to the grace that Jesus has for me. So I want to pray for us. So could, could y'all just stand? Let's just take a moment to pray together before we go. And kind of there's two calls this morning. And maybe you're like, oh, I don't even know where I'm standing with Jesus today. I don't even, like I had a one time I used to kind of feel like I really knew the Lord, but I don't know about now. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're in that camp today, and the word for you is welcome home. The word for you is you have been saved by grace through faith. You need to put your faith in Jesus. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you can be saved. The Bible says you can be a new creation. The habitual sin maybe that you've been living in, there's freedom for you in that. Maybe today you're like, yeah, I love Jesus, but I've just been really struggling with people. Man, it's really hard to bear with one another in love. I struggle. I was struggling with it yesterday. Ask my friends and my husband. And so I cried about it, and I felt unworthy to be here. But then actually somebody prayed for me. There she is. She's giving me the thumbs up. And she's like, put those thoughts away. <laughs> Just come before, kneel before your father. So I'm going to pray for us. And I think there's a couple of people like Becky and someone else. If, if you feel like you want somebody to partner with you to pray, you can either find the person you came here or somebody beside you, or you can come up here and somebody will come and pray for you. But I'm just going to pray for us. So number one, I'm going to pray if you've been feeling like, I want to come back to Jesus. Father, I ask that your spirit would come. 
Thank you that you love your people, that you draw all men to yourself, that you desire that all would be saved. So Jesus, we just thank you that you are Lord. We thank you that you have saved us. And Father, now I pray for us as a body and as a family of Jesus. God, I ask that we would be ones who actually fight for the unity of the Spirit, who actually maintain the unity of the Spirit, that we would be ones who walk out gospel culture, firstly in our heart. Holy Spirit, you are the one who comes and convicts of sin. Nobody has to tell me my sin. Holy Spirit already does it for me. Father, I want to be one who walks with the gospel ever before me, ever before my eyes. So I ask that that would be the truth for our community today, Jesus. And Father, I pray now that your spirit would just come in power over this body. Father, I thank you for what you're already doing. I thank you, God, for the freedom that we experience as we come together and as we sing and as we worship. I thank you that your message has been loud and clear today. I thank you for the unity of the spirit in your body today. And Father, would you help us as we leave this place, would you help us to walk that out? God, we want to see it. You love this city. You love these families. You love these children. So we say we surrender and we welcome you. In Jesus' name. As you go, I'm going to read a scripture as a benediction for you. And would you just receive it? Therefore, be imitators of God, beloved children, and walk in love. As Christ loved you and gave himself up for you as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Walk with all humility and gentleness, with patience and bear with one another in love. And be eager, be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We love you guys. Please make an effort to say hi to someone if you haven't seen somebody this week. Remember to grab a sock so that you can bless people in our city. Remember to grab some hamper food, and maybe that's the key to somebody's heart this season. Amen? Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Life Tree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Life Tree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.